When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So I really like joint practices in the NFL. I think there are in some ways more useful than the preseason games, which of course are you know limited to four quarters and a clock and you don't get certain situations that you can kind of script for the practices. You might not always get a two-minute drill, for example, that sort of thing. Uh, and I thought that, you know, when I and just on the the first day with the Bucks practicing against the Miami Dolphins, the Bucks were really dominant in terms of you know the one-on-one drills, seven-on-seven. Look, they they moved the ball and Brady threw a, a ton of great passes. And they pretty much, even with the corners like Xavier Howard and those guys, they they pretty much owned them. I, I mean, it was it was an impressive group, and that's that's without Mike Evans, who is nursing a hamstring like he does every year this time. That's without Chris Godwin, who's sort working his way back into shape, um, and was out there with his knee brace and and running some individual stuff, but did not have any any competition against against the Falcons. And it eventually was without Russell Gage, who unfortunately he pulled a left hamstring during uh, one of the passing, you know, periods. And I we don't know the extent of that. Now I'll say this too: uh, the scariest thing, if you're a Bucks fan, if you were there watching, was at the end of the practice in a two-minute drill, one of the last few plays. All of a sudden, Robert Hainsey comes out of the game, and he's grabbing his leg, and they put him in a cart and take him away. And you're thinking. Wow. So you not only lost Brian Jensen, but now the guy that was going to back him up is possibly out. Well, you know, your fears can be uh, sort of put to rest because it turns out he also was cramping and it it isn't anything serious. So they kind of dodged a little bit of a problem there. Um, And yet they still, you know, they got they got some guys hurt, which is going to happen. But um, you know, at least it's not a situation where, you know, you're out there tackling guys to the ground and getting guys hurt. So it was good work, and I thought it was good work on both sides uh, for the Miami Dolphins against the Bucks defense as well. Dolphins um, have a really good team. They got young receivers that can really fly, you know. Um, Tyreek Hill and, um, you know, uh, Jalen Waddle and those guys are, are incredibly fast. And, you know, and, and also had a chance to watch Tua Tungabaloa I wanted to get in. I wrote about this in 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 the uh, Tampa Bay Times after the scrimmage, and it was like no one really wanted to address the goat in the room, right? Which is last week at this time, the NFL was suspending a couple of owners, including Stephen Ross, and docking them draft picks, uh, a first rounder next year, a third rounder the year after that, for tampering with Tom Brady, not just in 2019, but also no later than last December which is when he was trying to get this team to defend its Super Bowl title. And there were discussions with um, the minority owner of, of the Jaguars who reported to Ross. And yet here we are a week later and the Dolphins are here. The team that, you know, presumably want him to be 
if not a minority owner, possibly the quarterback. And yet they got Tua Tungavaloa. And, you know, both – now I understand their head coach, you know, is is a first-year head coach. And the, and the idea apparently was, um, to you know, to try to get Sean Payton, you know, out of, out of New Orleans. And Mike McDaniel is – got nothing to do with Tom Brady or – Sean Payton. He was hired after all of that kind of fell apart. So for his part, you know, he was asked about it and he just said, you know, look, kind of, and I'm paraphrasing here, but like, you know, what, what distraction, like what story are we talking? Because it doesn't affect us. It doesn't affect me. Um, You know, we're just, if we're doing something or thinking about something that doesn't help us get better every day, it's a waste of time. I get that part of it. But Tua, Look, Tua was the quarterback last year, and they've invested a lot in terms of you know not just the draft pick, but now he's on to his his second head coach. Um, at some point, they're going to have to decide whether he's their guy or move on. And I had a chance to talk to Tua, and I asked him about it, and he said, "Well, I you know I addressed that. I thought I addressed that last week." And said, so, "Well, I, pardon me, I wasn't in Miami last week. You're in Tampa now, so you know I'm asking you again." And his whole kind of thing was, well, it's to me it's it's just noise because they, they picked me. You know, they they drafted me and they drafted me in two thousand years. They they talked to, to Brady back in two thousand nineteen and then he kept saying two thousand twenty. And I'm like, No, two thousand twenty one, dude. Like last December when you're trying to lead this Miami team, they're talking about Brady coming here and playing your position, right? And it just never really got through to me. He just kept talking about two thousand twenty. So I don't know, maybe it was a poorly worded question or um, the timeline was off, but everybody was just sort of like, you I know. I think he was just deflecting. I mean, <laughs> I I mean don't forget, all last year there was talk of Deshaun Watson going there too. That's right. I mean, almost so, since he's gotten to Miami. Yeah, it's, it's like he hasn't been, and, and this is perception. I don't know if this is truth, yeah. but the reports are, it's like they haven't wanted him the whole time. It's been Deshaun Watson, it's Tom Brady. It's, right. Particularly the ownership, right? You know, so the easiest way to deflect it is not to talk about. It. Yeah, well, it was back in 2019 before I was here. Yeah, even though no, I, there was last year too, right? But that's the easiest way to not talk about it. Yeah, and I listen. I didn't expect you know a bunch of candor and for somebody to you know hold their breath and stomp their feet and say I can't believe that they wanted this guy instead of me. I mean, but you have to ask the question, right? I mean, there we all are not talking about it, and yet. It's the juxtaposition is sort of front and center. Now, the other part of this is, and I kind of wrote about this a little bit. I got news for you: if Tom Brady was the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, they'd be really, really good. <laughs> and you could probably say that about half the teams in the NFL. But the thing about the Dolphins are, they've got some really good pieces. I mean, especially on offense. You know, it's it's not like and and again. He doesn't know, you know, he doesn't know Mike McDaniel at all, and that that really wasn't the idea or the coach that, you know, that I think Tom Brady would have wanted to play for. It would have been Sean Payton. Um, But at the end of the day, I'm watching this Dolphins team, and, you know, let me just tell you, first of all, they're younger, right, than the Bucs are. I mean, the Bucs are bringing in 33-year-old Julio Jones, right, and instead – you know, you look across the way and you just got, you know, a lot younger uh, receivers. I mean, look, Tyreek Hill, 
I, there's no one in the NFL like Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's so quick and so sudden and so fast. And we saw what he did to the Bucks. what, in 2020. We had the 13 catches for 269 and three touchdowns. Uh, I thought Carlton Davis, you know, did about as good as anybody could do. Um, and he came away impressed with Tyreek Hill. Then he got then he got Waddle. Then he got Cedric Wilson Jr., who's also got speed. And then you got an ascending tight end in uh, Mike Gesicki, who had 73 catches for almost 800 yards and a couple touchdowns last year. And he's just, you know, he's their franchise player. I mean, he's just starting to really get going in his career. They brought in a left tackle in Taron Armstead from New Orleans. Um, Liam uh, Eichenberg from Notre Dame is a really good guard. They, they now have Connor Williams is doing a nice job at center. And so, you know, you talk to Levante David or Carlton Davis, they're like, look, you know, They've got they've got guys that nobody else has, you know. Like they, um, they're a challenge because all two has got to do is just get the ball to them and let them go. You know, they're just so fast and so sudden. And I'm thinking, you know what? If Tom Brady quarterback this team, Super Bowl contender, no question. Especially in the AFC, um, they'd be really really good. And you kind of worry, you know. I know, like I said, they're they're not going to buy green bananas in Tampa as long as Brady's around. But, you know, Mike Evans is in his ninth year. And Julio Jones has, you know, missed a ton of games the last two seasons in Tennessee and couldn't practice. And now Chris Godwin's coming off an ACL injury. And then we go out there and we see Russell Gage get hurt. And, yeah, they're deep at wide receiver, also old at wide receiver. And then the tight end position, Gronk retired. And, you know, you, you've, got, you've got some young tight ends that I think Kate Otten and is is going to be somebody to watch. Cameron Brait was injured. He hasn't practiced in in a number of days. Um, you know, uh, Kyle Rudolph, a veteran player, but he's like thirty two, thirty three years old. Really can't run that well. He's not going to replace Gronk. No one can. But in as much as you got to make up those catches some way, um, so you know, it's. There's nothing wrong with the Bucks personnel so long as they're on the field. And that seems to be what the struggle has been sort of this this preseason. And, and you guys guys do tweak things and it's hot and you get a lot, a lot of soft tissue injuries and I'm glad they spend a million dollars a year on sports science to make sure how hydrated these guys are because all I see is every day somebody else goes off with a cramp, you know, which is which is a hydration issue. And that's how you get your soft tissue injuries and things like that. So they, they've got to continue to, to watch that. Um, but, you know, it, it's the Dolphins with the right quarterback, and I don't think it's going to be two. I mean, I think he can win some games, and, and, and they do some things. I think McDaniel's going to do some things that will help Tua um, get the ball out of his hand and a lot of motion. He does some great things in the run game. And certainly if he can just get it to his playmakers, which is what Levante David said, they they're a, they're an issue, um, and I think their defense you know has been good in the past. I don't know how good it'll be this year. Put Brady on that team, though, man, and let him go. Like they would have been, they would have been right. I think Brady knew that. You know, I think I don't know if he knew that they were going to get Hill and and all that other stuff, but um, you know, you could definitely see the talent there. I thought the Bucks won. If you were going to pick a winner, like who had the better day overall, both on offense and defense. Obviously, both teams made plays. Uh, but I thought the Bucks probably played better, 
and and they and and they should have, you know, because they have they have the better team. They have a team that won the Super Bowl just two years ago. Most of those guys, or a lot of those guys, are back now, um, whether they signed as free agents or not. And you know, they're just a little head, and and you got a new head coach who's trying to tr- teach a whole new system, you know, and get used to his players in his first year, which is different from Todd Bowles, who you know his whole coaching staff is intact and. Bruce is still here. Bruce Arians um, still out there on the field talking to Byron Leftwich, you know, running through the scripts. So there's a lot of continuity that the Dolphins don't have. But I, but I, I was impressed by them. I, they're not they're not a bad team. And the thing is, a year ago, you know, that's probably the team that the Bucks kicked the crap out of more than any team they played. And if you remember that game, um, Tua did not play. I think he was injured. Obviously, they didn't have Tyree Kill. And the Bucks just destroyed them. I mean, they, you know, they physically sort of mauled them a little bit. And but that's that's not the team I saw out there, you know, in practice on Tuesday. So it was interesting. It was these are always great great games or great practices. And usually the team, you know, that gets punched in the mouth a little bit comes back the next day. A year ago it was it was the Bucks in Tennessee, and Tennessee mauled them day one. Bucks looked horrible, and they were embarrassed. And came back the next day, and they they fought back. And I would expect that maybe Miami will do the same thing. And, of course, the game is on Saturday, and none of these starters or a good bulk of these starters probably you know, aren't, aren't going to play. And so you're going to see a lot of Kyle Trask. But you didn't see a lot of in practice, and, and that's why. I mean, they're giving the reps you know, to Blaine Gabbert. They're giving them to Tom Brady, uh, Ryan Griffiths, not really taking anything. And then, you know, the occasional Kyle Trask. But I think Trask is going to get – uh, the majority of the play time in the preseason because, as we've said, they want to find out what they have in him. So um, it was interesting, though. I, I, I enjoyed it. Go check out TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times. We've got a story on Carlton Davis's battle with Tyreek Hill, which was really interesting. Um, and, you know, just, just a lot of coverage from from this joint practice. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays, can can you find somebody else to pitch – the ninth inning with a with a lead besides Colin Poche, would that be possible? Well, he hasn't been bad. I mean, he had a save uh, the other night. Um, he's had about three really good outings since he went through that stretch, giving up home runs. Yeah, I mean, he's four of his last ten outings, he's given up runs, and that's not including a tenth inning giving up a run that was started at second base. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not good for a guy you're pitching in the eighth, the ninth inning for the most part. Right. Um, they had already used Jason Adam in the sixth inning. Yeah, that was sort the of Brewers. their leverage so inning. Yeah. Colin Poche at that point became your leverage guy, and, and Telez buried a home run. But when you get to three and two on him, he knows what pitch is coming. That was it. And he left can turn left on left a fastball. Yeah, no. He wore it out. It was it was center cut, and he wore it out. He also made – Telez made one of the best plays that I've seen. Of course, they start – you know, that ties the game. They go to the extra innings, and they put mm-hmm. the runner on second. And for whatever reason, I don't really know. Maybe they were looking for a bunt here, but he was playing. He's playing in front of first base um, with a runner on second, and you get kind of a you know a five hopper down to first, and you're thinking, okay, well that's going to move the runner. But he makes a perfect throw, and mm-hmm. you know gets the first out at third base, and so now you got runner on first with one out. Um, and I guess who was it? That was the shortstop, I believe. Um, Walls. Yeah, Taylor Walls. Which, by and the way, he, that's one of the best throws by a catcher you'll ever see. Oh my God! So so Walls tries to steal second, and I mean, 
it took a perfect throw to get him. On an off-speed pitch from his knees. From his knees, yeah. Caratini drilled it. Yeah. Caratini, man, he's, he's a hell of a cat. They, you know, the Cubs used to have him, and I mean, they, they had a ton of catchers, but he can throw. He made a great play. So now you got – they have not – recorded an out that wasn't on the bases in extra innings. There you got two outs and you know of course they go they end up leaving that inning not scoring. And I think anytime you're playing, you know, the Texas tiebreaker and you're the visiting team, if you don't score, it's it's going to be over and it was um Willie Adamas with the walk-off single apropos there, right? That yeah, well they intentionally that. walked what Yelich to get to Adamas. Yeah, they were trying to the set up a double to, play, and and know. actually Walls was pretty close to getting that ball too. I mean, it was he just, was just off his glove, a diving. He was, attempt. yeah. It was kind of a seeing eye single, but yeah, Milwaukee gets the win, and that was a tough one to swallow because the Rays had their chance to separate. They they loaded the bases in the eighth inning mm-hmm. when they didn't score there. You kind of like mm, that might come back to get them, and it did. Well, as we uh, tape this, uh, the Rays are now tied for the last wild card spot. Yeah, with the Orioles, yeah, and the I believe the Guardians and the Twins are a half game out. They might be playing now, so it's possible that could change. The Guardians are leading in the ninth as we tape this, so they might pull in a tie as well. Yeah, and what are the Twins doing? They're just uh, starting in LA, so it could be a four way tie for the last playoff spot by the time you hear this podcast. It's just not going the right way. And, I mean, you know, the Calvary may come because I guess, you know, um, you're probably going to get Wander Franco back sooner than later. Yeah, he's starting to swing off a team. Manuel Margot is slated for an August 20th return. That's the first day he can come off the I.L. because he's on the 60-day. So right. that's next Saturday. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you're hoping these guys – I mean, we were talking before the podcast. So here's the lineup today. <laughs> By batting average. <laughs> 254. 274, 242, 217, 256, 227, 255, 168, 170. Wow. And who do you fear in that lineup? Uh, very well, not many. Yandy Diaz, I suppose, but now he's the 274. He's the highest average there. And it'd be different if, like, you said, okay, a couple of those guys are hitting 200, but they got 25 home runs or 20 home runs. They're not hitting it over the park either. I mean, they're not a team that can, can that hits home runs. I mean, Paredes is leading the team with 14. He had 13 like two months ago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He had that incredible uh, couple of weeks where he hit like nine, I think, and um, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, he he is he has certainly cooled off. They look. It's all been about the offense. I still think they pitch well enough, and and the blown saves aside, you give up four runs. You in know, extras, and you gave up in three. extra innings, three runs throughout the game. You should win a game with you score that you give up three runs. You mm-hmm. just should, mm-hmm. but they can't get anything offensively, and that's that's kind of been their story. And I just don't think they have the look of a team or the confidence of a team now that's going to make the postseason. Look, look the Orioles, that's their next team uh, at the trop that they're going to play, and they may well, you know, the Orioles have everything to play for. You wouldn't have thought that a year ago, but they actually can. Um, past the Rays in, in the wild card standings, and this is now becomes a big series. And they're all big now because they, they've had such a, a terrible start after the All-Star break. So, yeah, I'm not really sure where this is headed. We got some questions, by the way. We're going to do a couple of mailbag questions. We have enough to really hold over for tomorrow as well, um, especially about the Rays uh, and the Bucks. But uh, interesting sort of the the way people have become – 
become so discouraged about the race and about Kevin Cash, which is really weird. We'll get into that here in just a minute. First, I want to remind everybody, uh, my electric bill, your electric bill, everyone's electric bill right now is going through the roof. And the reason is it's so hot and we're running our ACs all the time. And there's really, you know, the cost of fuel and, and electricity um, is part of the inflation problem. But we have a solution. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies. They solicit you all the time. Well, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Now, they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the made difference. You can visit their Hutchins showroom. Uh, they've got uh, May Electric displays all its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who's doing that job. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long, preserve your quality of life, and preserve your appliances through this storm season. May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, let's uh, knock off a couple mailbag questions all answered 100% correctly, your money-back guarantee, uh, and we'll do some of these tomorrow as well. Let's go. We'll start with the Buccaneers, and Sean had emailed us. He says, do you feel that Robert Hainsey has these two joint practices along with both preseason games to show he can step in for Ryan Jensen? I feel that way because... It'll at least give the final weekend camp along with the final preseason game to get a new center up to speed with the offense and build some sort of cohesion with the other linemen before Dallas. Well, it, like I said, they got a little scared because he had the hamstring strain, and I don't know if that's going to knock him out uh, for any practices or games. But, yes, the idea is uh, to give him these reps with, with Tom Brady. Uh, you know, the injury occurred on the second day of training camp. Um, and that's a good thing because they didn't need to rush out and, and try to find a veteran right away. They could see what they have in Hainsey. Now, he's going to play in the preseason, and, and, and he'll have to play a lot. But if he can do the job and they, they like you know how smart he is, he's very cerebral, he gets the game, um, but he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been in the fire, so to speak, um, I, I think that's the plan. And if if he were to fall apart and just, you know, proved he couldn't do it, then I think they would give uh, Nick Lebert, who's also going to get a chance to play in the preseason, they'd give him a chance to do it. And then if that didn't work, then then I think maybe they would go outside and look and see um, is there some better alternative. But, you know, typically teams fall in love with the guys they draft, their own players, more than they do others. It's not to say that they wouldn't sign a veteran center. Um but I, I think that their evaluation, you know, of Hainsey coming out was he's going to convert from tackle to the inside, whether it's guard or center. And then, of course, you know, you get the injury to Jensen, and they really like him. They think he's a different player than he was a year ago. So, in my opinion, he's going to he's, – barring an injury, I think he's going to win this job because I think the devil you know is better than the one you don't. And – I really think that, you know, Nick will be backing him up if, if Nick doesn't win the job. So I think they're going to stay in-house with this. Uh, but he does need to show them something, and they're looking for him to do that in, in, in really all three preseason games. Mark had tweeted, 
He says, where is the line between having a home field advantage in the early months of the season in Tampa and players going down with cramps in training camp? Does this happen every year or is it happening more this year? It seems to happen every year, but, you know, it's the question uh, hits on a good point. And one that I've always thought that the Bucks, you know, were on the wrong side of the whole heat thing. Um, you know, it, it, they like to say, you know, it's an advantage, right? It's our advantage, our home field advantage, because, you know, it's hot down here and these teams come from other places and, you know, we're used to it and we can mentally push through it. <clears throat> and so on and so forth. But science would tell you that's not the case. Um, look, if you live here, and chances are a lot of you do that listen to this podcast, you know that there's a certain amount of of, of toll this year that's, that takes, that's taken out of you, the dehydration, um, living and working in it, right? Maybe you just have to go to your car where it's 110 when you turn it on. Or maybe um, you're not somebody who works outside. But maybe you do, you know, or, or maybe you, um, you know, are out there, you know, at the pool or you, whatever. The point is you're getting dehydrated every day you live here. And for these guys who have to live and work in it, they're trying to monitor their, you know, all kinds of hydration issues and stuff like that. Um, but sometimes you simply can't keep enough fluids in you. And you, it's not like you can drink it. Like if you, if you feel bad during practice and they give you some water or Gatorade or whatever it is, it's too late. Like it, that, that fluid needs to be absorbed into your, your soft tissues before you, you come out on the practice field. Um, the only thing they can do is give you IVs. And, and I don't know if guys are taking those at halftime or not or in, at some point during practice. I don't think so. But it's, it's just really hard to put the fluids back in you. And I think it's always an issue to me. It's always been, and I don't understand how you can spend as every team does now a million dollars on sports science. And they, they measure again, they measure their, their urine and, and, you know, see how the dehydration and all this other stuff. And yet you still are susceptible to a lot of cramps and a lot of soft tissue injuries. Um, And when I say a lot, it seems like there's about one a day or one every other day. So, but you know, it's no, it's probably no different than other camps. When you do that much running, if you notice, most of the guys or a lot of the guys that are getting hurt are skilled players, right? They're guys that catch the football that run a lot. They run. I mean, if you just watch the one on ones, you're like, wow, that's like a practice in and of itself. Like these guys are going full speed against another defensive back, and they do this for like, I don't know, fifteen minutes. Um, then it's seven on seven, then it's 11 on 11. Like, you know, they're gassed. I mean, they're running a lot. And then you come back the next day and do it the next day. Um, I'm a lot older than, than the players and some of the coaches, but I can tell you this, it's the hottest summer on the planet. And by the time I get home, um, I just want to take a nap. I mean, it takes so much out of you and, you know, so it, 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 it does seem like a lot. I don't think it's more than normal. I think when it impacts key guys like Robert Hainsey or Mike Evans, who's had a hamstring issue almost every year he's been in the league, I think you tend to recognize it more. Um, but thankfully, Hainsey's supposed to be back. Um, you know, I, I think, at, I, I don't know how serious it was, you know, as far as Gage goes, but I, I think he'll be back at some point too. But right now, 
it, it, you know, they got they got they got to solve it. They got to figure out a way, uh, whether it's to take these guys inside, and you're probably not going to do that with Miami, but they got to figure out a way to hydrate these guys better and and try to prevent these injuries. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Paul had emailed you. It's a little bit of a long one, several questions in here. But yeah. what is your take on Jamal Dean? At times, I thought Dean was really becoming an elite cornerback, even playing better than Davis at times. Sean Murphy Bunting looked like he had taken a step back. Do you think that Dean was an Arian's favorite over Sean Murphy Bunting? And maybe Todd Bowles thinks he's a better fit for what he wants to do? Your thoughts? Well... Look, when we talked to Sean Murphy Bunting, if you want to go back and listen to the podcast we had um, just the other day, I did an interview with him and what he, what he, you know, the injury he sustained in week one against Dallas a year ago. Um, it was pretty traumatic, you know, dislocating his elbow. You know, it took him a while to come back from that. And then mentally, there's a, there's a hurdle there um, as well. I thought Dean was really good last year when he played. Now, He's also one of these guys who's learning how to play with certain injuries, right? Like after week one or even by the time you get to week one, nobody is 100%. No one feels great. Um, and Dean came in and out of the lineup a lot, probably too much for the Bucks' liking for somebody who didn't have, you know, an injury that would keep him out of games. Um, but, look, he's got length. Uh, he's caught. He caught the ball fairly well. It's not like Carlton Davis who, who you know, gets there but then drops a lot of interceptions um i really thought he stepped up last year in on a in a secondary that was decimated by injuries i mean he's playing with guys you know that they're essentially pulling off the streets in training camp uh and having having to start them um but this year you know sean murphy bunting uh has come back and rather than try to play two positions he's back playing one position which is corner they don't have him in the slot as much anymore. They're using Antoine Winfield Jr. down there quite a bit. Um, I think that'll help Sean. And it's, it's just a matter of getting his swag back. I mean, he said it like, you know, um, he lost a little a little something, something. And he's got to find it. So he's going to get the first chance to win that job opposite Carlton Davis. But it's not, it, it's not a lock, right? It's not just given to him. I mean, Jamal Dean gets in games and starts making plays and, and all of that. Um he could still be in there, but most teams, you know, are in three wide receivers about 66% of the time or thereabouts. And so you need the extra defensive back and you may see all of them playing, you know, at one time. And, um, but no question that Murphy Bunting needs to get back to that guy that had the three interceptions in the playoffs, you know, when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, that's what he's capable of and that's what he needs to be. And I think concentrating on one position rather than having to move in and out of the slot, might be the way to go. And I think it's I think it's probably going to help them in the long term. All right, Stewie had tweeted us. He says, just curious, do the Bucks have a plan to replace Tom Brady when he retires? Are they looking to start with someone on the roster now? Or are they looking to pick up someone or pick up someone in the draft? Well, 
the plan can change. Um, I think you've heard certainly Bruce Arians say it almost every offseason that we're going to always take a look behind door number two, which means who's going to come available. You know, we can't just restrict ourselves to guys that are in the roster. And the guys that would have quarterback this year or maybe started that way had Tom not unretired was obviously Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. And I think I think Trask more than Gabbert. I mean, I think they know what they have in Gabbert, and really Arians is probably a bigger fan of his than most people in football simply because he's had him. You know, Gabbert would probably get the first reps if, if they went that way. Um, but there's an enormous amount of pressure on Kyle Trask this preseason to prove he can be an NFL quarterback. And he's not going to go out there with Godwin or – Mike Evans and those guys. So it's a little bit of a skewed picture. Um, But he needs to show a lot of improvement. I think regardless of that, because in a perfect world, Trask never even, you know, dresses. Like he's the the inactive third guy all year long, assuming nothing happens to Tom. But they're going to look around, right? You're going to have to make a list. Even this year, when they thought Tom was retired, they were looking at about eight or nine quarterbacks, and we all know their names, right, um, that could come in here and either compete with Blaine and, and Kyle or maybe just take it over. It would just depend on the player. Um, and we've seen a lot of those guys, you know, go elsewhere. I mean, you know, obviously I think at one time before he we went to Denver, Russell Wilson was on that list. Um, you know, I would imagine that, Deshaun Watson, I'm told, was taken off the list fairly early because the ownership's ownership said no way uh, we're going to do that. And so, you know, he wasn't an option. I think a guy like Baker Mayfield was an option, right? People ask about Jimmy Garoppolo all the time. I was just told that he wasn't a good fit here, and unless you're going to run the ball 40 times, you're probably not going to win with him consistently. And he would have had a couple of Super Bowls if he could throw the deep ball in these last the last two Super Bowls he's played in. So I didn't never thought Jimmy G was a possibility, but will they look outside? Absolutely. I mean, look at the 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 stroke of good fortune they had um, by you know going outside and finding you know someone like Brady. But even even failing that, you know, get somebody who has played in the league for a number of years and has had success, uh, rather than they're probably going to be you know too strong of a record this year to finish in the top. 10 or the top 12 or maybe even 15 so you're not going to get the elite quarterbacks in the draft right because you don't have enough draft capital to to get back up in there in the first or second pick so you know i i i think that they want to find out what they have in kyle and if he if he shows he can do it they may give him that opportunity blaine is still only like 30 what four years old keeps himself in tremendous shape learned a lot in this system learned a lot from brady as well I think he'll get a shot at some point down the road. Um, but really, you know, the Bucks' biggest success has been finding free agent quarterbacks. And, you know, um, that includes Brad Johnson, who won a Super Bowl. That includes, you know, certainly Tom Brady, who won a Super Bowl. So they're always going to look there first, I think, if they're not satisfied with their guys. And really, Trask is going to be unproven no matter what he does in the preseason. It's not the regular season, so you really still won't know. Um, And they still have a a core of players who could win a Super Bowl 
when and if Tom Brady leaves after this year. So it's going to be really interesting. I, I think I tend to think they would bring somebody else in to compete with those guys at minimum, um, or maybe just hand them the job if it's the right guy. Look, Lamar Jackson could be a free agent after this year. And I don't know that he fits anybody's offense down here or not, but I don't care. He's Lamar Jackson. So you just don't know how it's all going to play out. But they'll look at everybody. All right, David had tweeted us. He said, can we expect anything to change on the sports science front with Todd Bowles now as the head coach? Well, I mean, I think he's going to continue to embrace it. Um, You know, it's an organizational decision that they made some years ago, and Jason Light made it, to invest a million dollars and hire people that, um, you know, measure literally every step a guy takes. They're wearing GPSs in in their vests. Um, that, like I said, they're measuring their level of hydration. Um, they're supposed to, um, you know, recovery is a big deal in this. And that's why they have, you know, sort of, uh, in addition to the indoor facility, they also have a couple of trailers that are air conditioned where players go in to lower, lower their body temperature when they've been out practicing for, you know, an hour or two and then come back out of that with a lower core body temperature so they can survive it. But, um, sports science is here to stay. It's, it's not just in football. It's in really every, every level of athletics and whether it, you know, it usually focuses on rest and recovery as much as anything. Um, you know, strength and conditioning is always, you know, a part of football and has been forever. And you have, you know, you have strength and conditioning, you know, coaches essentially, um, but sports science is, is, is here to stay. And, you know, um, I think it's a good thing. It, it just, they apply it in ways that we probably aren't even familiar. And, you know, the other thing they concern themselves with is not just today or tomorrow, but like, what is the cumulative effect of what you're doing today? How is that going to affect you in November or December? You know, cause all that stuff sort of adds up. It's even so scientific that, you know, the Bucks play in Munich this year, right? And so you've got 300-pound men potentially sitting on an airplane for, what, eight, nine hours or whatever it takes to get there. I'm not sure. Maybe as many as 10. Um, you know, so they talk about things like compression socks and, uh, you know, hydration when you're on the plane. And, like, you know, it's going to affect the 300-pound guys maybe more than some, some normal-size players. So So they're... They're into a lot of this stuff. I mean, if you can think of it, they've they've looked at it from a sports science standpoint, and it's really just something that that Light decided to do, and the organization backed him probably about three years ago, four years ago, when uh, you know when Bruce was coming aboard. Ellis tweeted us: Should we believe the Jalen Darden hype that Buck's Twitter has been amplifying? You know, I personally didn't and haven't because until I see Jalen Darden take a kickoff somewhere near the goal line or below, or behind and get north and south and and be physical enough to maybe run through a little bit of contact instead of sort of like looking for a tunnel around the 20-yard line, I'm not going to be convinced because he only makes his team if he can play special teams. You just don't – you got too many receivers that aren't going to play special teams like Evans and Godwin and Jones. And so – you know, you, you need a role and an important one to stick as that fifth, sixth, or even seventh receiver. Um, however, I will say this, 
And the Bucks told me this. They think he's a different player than he was a year ago. I think that's probably more about how bad he was a year ago than he is now. But that said, he came from a tiny school, and it was his first year in the NFL. And he is really having a good camp. He's making plays. He's getting behind defenses. He's catching the ball very, very well. So it's showing up on film because he's doing it out there on the practice field. And I think that I'm going to be wrong. I think Jalen Darden will make this team, uh, and I think he will be the kick returner, and some really good receivers are going to be left off. Rich had tweeted us, what is the likelihood the Bucks add a pass rusher like the rumored Robert Quinn trade on a scale of 1 to 10? And do you think they can or should do that trade? I don't think I would do it now. I, I think you really have to see you know, what, what you have in the younger players like Joe Tryon, Shoenka, um, Anthony Nelson, who they're very, very high on that for the number of snaps he played was incredibly productive with five sacks. You know, you still have Shaq Barrett, obviously, who's their gold standard, the guy that had 19 and a half sacks the year after he got here. And and there are others, too, that, that will add to that equation. Um, they're a pressure team, and they get sacks from a lot of different spots, not just the outside linebackers. So, you know, you also look at whether your blitzes are successful from from the inside linebacker position or from corner or safety. Um, so adding a pass rusher, I think when you do that, um, you got to commit to putting him in a rotation and or playing him. And, and I'm not sure that, again, teams fall in love with their guys more than somebody else's guys, especially if it's an older player. Now, they w- that doesn't mean that they wouldn't, say, work him out, bring him in. And if you get an injury, either in training camp or early in the season, you could find somebody like him on your team because he's kind of a plug-and-play veteran. But right now, um, I think they like their depth at that position. And for that reason, I don't, I don't see them making a deal unless there's an injury. All right, uh, those are great questions. You know what? We got more. We got more, and we're going to do more because you ask, and we're going to respond. So look for your mailbag questions. If we didn't get to them today, look for them tomorrow on the show. The Rays are off. They will begin a series against the uh, Baltimore Orioles after their travel day. And, um, you know, the Bucks. it's day two. Bucks in Miami. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, what the storylines are out there and who fights back. And also, you know, essentially the the health of, of – Robert Hainsey and Russell Gage and the guys that went down. You can't afford to lose many other players. So we'll be back out there as well. Just a reminder to uh, support our sponsors, May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been in business for 12 years locally. They have a 30-year labor and service warranty. You get $750 worth of surge protection for your appliances. Um, Start saving today. Uh, Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727 819-2862. That's 727-819-2862. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.